0: Tough Love is brought to you by my new book, Love Language. It's my memoir that centres around family, music, food and finding love. It's out now at all good bookstores across Australia and online. Links are in the show notes for you. And for now, enjoy this episode.
1: Previously on Tough Love. Lessons I learned from being dead...
2: Make some time to kind of take a break to slow down. Yeah, that's, your, what's that? that's my visa. Apparently, they fall apart and they can land on your car. <gasps> what? Oh, okay. I really could have <laughs> done a few of these things, and that might have prevented it.
3: Thank it you. Pardon? Pardon? Wonderful. Wonderful.
0: So, what happened next? Well. After the great news about my visa, I hopped on my private jet back to Australia. Before I can move to LA for good, I need to wrap up my Australian life once and for all. This will mean saying goodbye to the family, sorting some work stuff out, and a few more doctor's visits. But for now, I'm feeling calm. I say goodbye to Magnus. Next time I'm back here, I'll be back for good. I land back in Sydney. You want some
3: water or something? No, 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 no It's all right. That and my favourite it.
0: silver fox calls me to come to his house. Got a heavy voice. Who's got a heavy voice? Me.
3: Doesn't it sound heavy? Mm, bit, my, no, not really. Uh, like, like the godfather, you
0: know? It's my dad. Papa Michele. Papa Michele. Papa Chef, Michele.
3: Chef Michele, as your mother says.
0: Your Chef Michele. Your Papa Michele. Edward Scissor Fingers.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Johnny Zeb. <Debb. laughs>
0: my dad, Michael, still carries a pair of scissors around with him, just in case of an emergency haircut situation. You know how it is. I'm hoping to get a fringe trim from him today.
3: You feel good about that? I feel good. I'm always feeling good. Yeah, feeling good, <laughs> loving it.
0: I'm still on a high about the visa, and it's great that my dad has my back. Like USA, here I come.
3: The mass shootings that goes on all the time, and you don't know when your number is up. Yeah. Forty thousand people die of gun shots, uh, gun related. Um, in America, in the United States, I should say. And so I'm I'm not happy about that.
0: But Dad's not really worried.
3: Years and years ago, a psychic told uh, him I'd be fine. She said to me, I wouldn't worry about Linda. So she can be in a war zone. There'll be bombs going off everywhere around her, but she'll be fine. Don't worry about her. And as it turns out, yeah, she's fine. (laughs) Knock (laughs) on wood.
0: But at the same time as I'm facing some big changes in my life, Dad is too. I was just at Sam's house and he was showing me around and there was like the new spaces all the kids' rooms. He was showing me where you might end up eventually living one day. How do you feel about your upcoming granny flat?
3: Well, uh, I'm, I'm excited in one way, but the problem is that I have to kiss goodbye to my hairdressing. Totally.
0: In 2021, I chatted to dad about his apprehension about retiring and how much his identity was tied up with his work. Like he's Edward Scissor Fingers, if you remember. He's been cutting hair since he was 10 years old. So it's provided everything for him. Stability, purpose, community. These days, he might've given up the shop but he can't let go of the scissors just yet. We are here in the brand new hair salon. Dad has the full set up in here. Uh, he's got the spray bottles. He's got the, oh, he's got bloody peroxide next to me. How old were you when you got this brush that you're holding in your hand? years old. How old?
3: 14. Wow. This is the original neck brush from Italy. My grandfather gave it to me before I came to Australia.
0: Dad's traded his old salon for his garage. His current client pulls only a few diehard customers that he won't give up. What'd you
3: say? You got a lot of hair. Including me. I know. You got a lot of hair, baby. (laughs) I know. Well, I got lots of hair. Look at me for a seven year old. Not bad. Look at that.
0: Look at that. Your hair looks great. Dad's putting on my cape.
3: That's it. It's our final haircut for the next uh, few years.
0: A few years? <laughs> I'm going to be back.
3: As far as I'm concerned, this is my last haircut.
0: <laughs> you better cut it all off. What are you going to do when you're going to be in the granny flat and you can't do any of the hair oh,
3: anymore? No, that's why I'm, I'm a bit stressed. Well, not stressed, I'm just a bit concerned. But at the moment, my health is more the major issue. Dad's had a couple of
0: health things crop up recently which is unusual for him.
3: Never had a day sick Ah. in my life.
0: But But now, I I guess because you're a bit more retired, so you've got so much more time to take care of, you know, do the doctor's checks that have been waiting for, go to all of those things. It started off with a few smaller
3: concerns. My um, My and then the Goldstone. And then, and then when, they they, when they did the CT scan and they checked the blood, and they go, Oh, there's something funny about the blood here. And then when, that's when they discovered that. Can I mention? Yeah, yeah. I got cirrhosis of the liver because unknown to me, I had the hepatitis C. When we migrated to Australia, we all had to strip down. I was about 14. Mm-hmm. And then they all give us vaccination. They come in with this tool and they scrape the top of your arm. And they went from one person to the other. And I reckon that that's when I got that hepatitis C.
0: And then, after all that...
3: There was a five centimetre growth of cancer in in my liver.
0: On the day that I arrived back from LA just now, I was at a family barbecue celebrating one of my nephew's birthdays. I saw Dad, hugged him, I asked him how his week was going, and he casually dropped that he had cancer. Like, as fucking nonchalantly as you would say you were going to get a haircut the next day. It was shocking. They had to operate straight away.
3: He's been out of hospital for a few weeks now and he's doing all right. I was like a miracle. You know, this guy is 70 years old. Well, your blood pressure is like a young kid, they said to me.
0: He's proud to have bounced back. Without needing painkillers, and
3: I still got my end-ons, the five endons. There go me. I know. Well, I get high one day. I know. Ah, there ah, you go. We're
0: a party. <laughs> Does it feel party good? It feel good to be taking care of you know your health stuff one by one?
3: Yeah, why not? I know.
0: <laughs> it's boring, but we have to do it.
3: Well, that's it.
0: Dad is a little bit stubborn, a bit of a procrastinator, like me too, you know. But we're doing things one by one, like freezing my eggs. For a second round, like figuring out how my stress is directly related to the rash, which has now gone down on my face, and like getting my fringe trimmed.
3: So I'm slightly cutting it a bit shorter. Mm hmm. So it lasts a little bit longer. Oh, your mother's gone, got full fringe at the moment. Yeah, no, no. the fringe looked good on her. Oh, it took me half an hour just to cut a fringe. When did you do it? Well, I had to do it at night because she doesn't quite understand that, you know, at ten o'clock at night I'm not I'm not in the mood to cut fringes.
0: So you cut mum's fringe at ten yes, at night?
3: Yes, yes. And blow dryer
0: oh, I'm sorry, Dad.
3: Well <laughs> unfortunately your mother that day starts at eleven o'clock in the day. I know. And finishes at two o'clock in the morning. Unfortunately I I don't have that luxury. Duty, remember I mentioned duty in in your other podcast the fact is i got duty i got work to do i got a family to 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 put yeah. a roof over their head the food on the table
0: oh my gosh what yeah, the heck that. is dad talking about with this duty stuff he hasn't had to provide in that sense financially for a family for over a decade for a couple of decades It makes me think about just how deep this identity and duty to family thing goes and how we hold on to that identity over time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for my final hair little trim. I'll get the hair off my face. I'll sweep the floor. Leave it. I'll sweep. God, there was so much hair.
4: Water or juice? No juice. I mm-hmm. maybe, maybe,
0: maybe. While I'm in Australia, I'm squeezing in as many visits to Nonna as possible before I move for real this time. Magnus. Magnus is very good. Very good. Working. Every visit counts now. She's almost 98. Yeah, I just want to
4: marry. No. When are we going to marry? I know. No worries. No matter? no man, or somebody
0: gets up. Yeah, when there's trouble, I put it away. I put it
1: away. Put
4: it away. Yeah.
0: Hey, your teeth are good. So we're walking down the streets of Arncliffe.
1: Just um just come down this back alleyway with me.
0: Mike Williams, friend of the show, says we're gonna to go to a cafe at 7.30 on a Thursday night and instead picks me up in his car 40 minutes late and drives me halfway across Sydney. And now I'm staring at a cockroach the size of my head. I used to sit next to this guy, Mike, back in the Triple J days. What the fuck is this guy doing?
1: It's heavy. It's heavy and I'm weak.
0: He's what known for him? surprising projects and his love of audio.
1: Sorry, this is a windshield.
0: Mike is holding up a literally a fucking detail. rag from his car's windshield. We're meeting tonight to actually brainstorm season two of this podcast because he's part of our tough love team. But instead, it feels like he's got me to help him run a personal <laughs> errand. What is in here?
1: Okay, so. In these two boxes is 50 jars of pure Dungog honey. In this room here, this is a storage room, I have another 50 jars. My dad has bees where they live in Dungog and um, has all this honey, right? But he's got this distribution problem, right? He's got, what
0: he, well, Yeah.
1: The product is good. The product is fantastic. But he, he's got no one to sell it to, right? Because he, he hasn't got that part of the business sorted. <laughs> so he's just up there, like, harvesting this honey with no one to give it to. <laughs>
0: So what do you why do you have it? Oh right. So <laughs> why why am I here?
1: So so I have I have honey cuz I felt bad and I said I will buy the honey off you and resell it, right? But now I don't have anyone to sell the honey to.
0: Ah, the lengths we go to with our families, huh?
1: This is the sort of thing that you do for your parents. As I've gotten older, I've come to understand how much they mean to me and how much I love them. (laughs) And that manifests itself as buying 100 jars of honey that you have (laughs) no way of selling.
0: (laughs) You know that I do shit for my parents all the time. I always do this. I always have to clean my house before my mum comes over, and though I hate it, I've got to go to her house on the weekend to pick up two buckets of bitter melon that she bought at Marrickville Markets that she says I need to use in the next seven days that I didn't ask for. (laughs) So while you've got the honey, I've got the bitter melon. These are the things we do, not because we just love our parents more and more, but because they get more and more eccentric and set in their ways. And you have to do things because you can't bear the guilt of not doing them.
1: I will take this melon for you. I will will bear the cost of this honey, kicking honey around at nine o'clock on (laughs) a... Tuesday night, or wouldn't it, whatever day it is.
0: <laughs> you don't understand. So anyway, I get it, Mike. This is the stuff. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Months later, Mike told me how that batch of honey would be his dad's last. A bee disease made its way to Australia. The government had trouble containing the outbreak. As a precaution, some men dressed in white came and killed all of the bees. So his dad decided to buzz out of the honey game. It'll be years before they're allowed to have bees in that area again anyway. Instead of selling the honey, Mike will ration it for friends and family, savouring what's left. Tonight we're doing something, it's 10 o'clock at night, so I've just got to block my lips They're too shiny. You know how you just want like a really good matte lipstick vibe? Okay, that's better. There's a bit of pressure to look good tonight. I'm catching up with the previously mentioned night owl mum and she's given strict instructions. Don't embarrass me, Linda. She said I'm not allowed to wear anything really baggy to look really daggy. And I have to wear a bit of makeup, which I'm wearing. So hopefully I do not embarrass my own mother <laughs> with all of her cool friends. While dad's grappling with his identity and is at the end of one chapter, my mom, yeah, well, Janet's got her own thing going on. So we're going to her salsa club party that she is at tonight to say hi to her and kind of really see her in her element she is so independent yet she's so involved in every aspect of my life and yes it is a lot yes i'm going to miss her and i'm very acutely aware that she is kind of like a little older woman these days anyway so i'm just going to change my shoes and then we're going to get out of the car and go and see her because it's fucking past my bedtime already Oh my god, it's absolutely pumping. (laughs) Fuck. I don't even know where my mum is. I think she is probably wearing some sort of red flared outfit. And she's probably being flung around by any number of people.
3: She went looking
0: for you. Oh, where is oh,
4: she? Oh, she's over there. Oh, she's there. Okay, thank you. She's in the full cool crowd. Mom, 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 mom. I've been looking and waiting for you. Look at the party. How it's lovely! Absolutely packed. Yeah, this is what I do.
0: This is
4: Mum's thing. thing. Where do you want to stand? Do you want to stand? Uh, I'm a party girl since right? I was 16, oh, okay. 16, 18. I haven't stopped. One day I went for a walk at Darling Harbour and I heard the music and I fell in love with it and ever since 20 years ago.
0: She started taking lessons and just fucking thrived. She's such a magnetic character. She's truly extroverted. Mum loved the expression that came with salsa. She found her people. She then started taking over the community and became the matriarch.
4: Become a businesswoman when I'm in my 60s.
0: Now, mum runs Salsa Club events throughout Sydney. She's truly found her element.
4: Everybody loves dancing and then myself too. So that makes me uh, double happiness. And now I can't stop. Even though i think thinking to retire, I can't. Nobody's going to let me stop. So I'm going to continue. Really? Yes, I can't stop. I'll ask you
0: about your night. How is, how is it? Tell me how about was your night. How oh many my night? Oh, my night. It's early. It's only yeah. 10 o'clock.
4: It's early. Yeah, I know. We finish at 1 a.m. Yeah. So good. Feels good. Look at me. You look beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> you too. You are dressed up just for me. You told yeah, me not to embarrass you. You said wow, very groovy. Me. So groovy. Mm-hmm. Shall yeah. we walk around?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's then walk I'm, around. We can, you can say hi to your friends or whatever yeah. you want. Hi, how are Hi, you? Hi, so nice to meet you. Janet is in full Janet mode. Oh my God, here we go.
4: Fuck, I'm in the thick of it. Oh my God, I'm going to get hit by people. Ah.
1: Ah. Oh my God.
0: I think we met every Hi. person yeah. in the room.
4: It keeps you feeling young in here. It is, yeah. Amy! My daughter. Oh, hello. Hi, DJ how are you? DJ AV. Hi. Nice to meet you. What's your name? As you know, I am not young. <laughs>
0: you, are, you are still young at heart, Mum.
4: Yeah, I am. Number is very high, but I'm very, very young. I think you're
0: actually more full of life.
4: Yes. In your older years, Mum. Yes. I think you are. A lot more independent for the last past 20 years now making my own little money, pay my bills, I can go holidays and mainly it's making me very happy and healthy. If you've got a happy mind and you're happy and you get healthier.
0: Mom grew up in a small village in Malaysia but she doesn't often talk about it. I wanted to know how this has shaped who she is including her approach to life.
4: When I grow up I try to get healthy but You're born in a family which is below average. Eat very little, but you try to be very healthy. And so from there on, I realised that health is very important. Take care of family.
0: Mum's family worked on the surrounding farms. Vegetable, rice, rubber. Like Dad, she was faced with tough decisions tied to the duty she felt to her family.
4: It was a hard work. I could see my mom worked so hard. This is why, one of the reasons I left school, I, I thought I can earn some money and then send back to my mother so she can uh, uh, live a little bit easier. I gave my two brothers a better schooling. So I gave up my life, my school. Really? I didn't know.
0: I didn't know that was why you left school. Oh, Mama, are you okay?
4: I don't talk about it because it upsets everyone. I never told you guys because it's a past, it's a little bit sad story, so I don't talk about it. I'm not regret, I'm not regret that I left school early because that taught me a lot of value in life.
0: And it's these values she's hung on to her whole life. My mum can be overbearing sometimes, that's the truth. But hearing this, it helps me understand her a little bit better. My mum takes care of people. That's what she does. It's who she is.
4: Work hard and I make good money so I can send home looked after my family all my years. Until today, I still look after them. Because we're back home, not that easy to make money, especially people going through COVID. My brother lost a job, getting older, and I'm still continue looking after my brothers. Which is that's part of me. That's me. The egg. Remember? Yeah. Mom Mom is
0: carrying the around a, yeah. a plastic Tupperware yeah. container of and
4: the dad's cooked yeah. it, gave to her. OK, I'll take that So home. you can put my bag, I, I still do really well. Oh, OK, put
0: it in my bag? <laughs> There's a lot to learn from mum when it comes to loyalty to family. I'm about to make some of the biggest decisions of my life and the dance that I'm doing to balance my dreams and my duty sits heavy on my mind.
4: I hope uh, any of you, and do the same as I can do for my parents. Even though I'm not physically there, my parents, but mentally I'm always there with them. Right? Unfortunately, you move overseas, but it's okay. That's life, you know. I move away from my parents and they're accepted even though they miss me. But, you know, it's life.
0: It's not lost on either of us that about 40 years ago, my mum made the difficult decision to leave her home country to make a new life somewhere else. My dad's Italian family did the same thing. Yeah,
4: Oh, yeah, do you want to walk me out? Yeah, walk. Now,
0: I'm about to do it too.
4: I'm very glad you're here. Okay, yeah. bye, mum. Bye. Love you. <laughs> Love you.
0: Remember my super talented DJ friend, Anna Luno, who lives in a Lego house from episode two?
2: Uh, we've got a room made out of Lego, as I discovered when I actually moved in. The walls are made out of some kind of giant Lego blocks, um, but it's fine.
0: I wanted to hit her up about this stuff because for decades, she had to grapple with living far away from her parents.
2: Family is beautiful and we do. We- did come to really miss our family, especially when the children got old enough to know people and to get to develop relationships with people, then we really felt the gap of our parents. But it's also really lovely to have just your pure space. And we would have the parents over for a couple of weeks at a time. And that was brilliant. And they were lovely. And we'd always find a nice way to coexist. And they would get beautiful cuddles with babies and we'd get a little bit of homemade soup. And I think it gave us all a really good opportunity to get to know each other away from the pressures of their day to day. It was like real quality time, which when you, you don't actually do that with your parents, really. I
0: see my mum because she wants to do something for me. She wants to, you know, your windscreen wipers. I I've, I've heard them making a noise when you were in my when I was in your car last week and I and I think they actually need to be replaced because they're going to start squeaking and they might end up scratching your windscreen at some stage. So it's like always linked with an errand.
2: Yes. Which is a love language in itself. It, exactly. The older I get and the more I have kids and the way that I see my parents show up for me in ways that you can never expect another human being to show up for you. the the It used to drive me up the wall and now it brings me to tears because I realise that there's just no one on this earth that will ever love us as much as they love us. And it's One of the most wonderful, infuriating, fucking surprise pie, disaster miracles of the entire of existence, because it's just like, it's so beautiful and an unbelievable task to take on, to care about someone so much and, and to have a parent that cares so much ultimately is like a gift. We need to understand how to accept the best parts of our parents and like reflect the parts that we don't need. And that's been part of of handling my relationship with my parents, which has been, Mm. you know, I feel like I found a good balance with them, you know, like I really just want to appreciate the wonderful weird things about them and the parts that trigger the shit out of me. I let them know all the time. Oh, it's such a wrestle. There's such a, a wrestle
0: with how much love and guilt I feel immediately because I know how much it comes from this place of just wanting to take care of their daughter.
2: Yeah. Just never wants you to be in a position where your windscreen wipers aren't working on the freeway, Linda. I know. Can you imagine if it was raining, Linda?
0: Our time with our parents is limited. They ain't getting any fucking younger. And I am becoming more and more aware of that. I know that while I'm getting one thing, I'm losing something else. There's one long distance relationship that's ending, and there's a new one that's starting. So, saying goodbye to them, I know is coming, and I know it'll be a little bit hard.
4: (laughs) <laughs> I, know, I
0: know, Not to it's mention okay. what it's going to be like, like to people. say goodbye I to the like oldest peach I in the book. Like I like everything. <laughs> I like everything.
4: I like the lentils. This is my grandma. Those are the bicycles. This is the thing. And not married. Maybe? No, no. Not married. No, no. The brother married. The brother married. Yeah. I will put you in
0: yeah, yeah. My yeah. brother has children.
4: Lila Linda. Mm-hmm. Linda. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you look good, Nona. Look good. Yeah. No look good to come Oh, oh, oh,
0: Next time on Tough Love. The head is right here. Oh, I'm going to touch poke. it. Yeah, poke. What, poke it? The conditions are eerie. One of the roads is closed. One of the roads is, is closed. There's only yep. one
1: way out.
2: <laughs> well, I've got bad news for people that like to be in control. By 27 weeks, I had to stop work altogether and I was on crutches. I was
0: like, if I can at least go for an ultrasound a, and they put a tube up <laughs> they're there. Like, they're doing something. Tough Love is a podcast by me, Linda Mariano. It's produced by me, Amelia Chapello, and Adair Shepherd, with support from Mike Williams.
3: Like the Godfather, you
0: know. Want to find out what happens next? Follow Tough Love so you never miss an episode. If you like the show, why not support us by rating and leaving a review? Help us connect with more tough cookies like you. And you know, I always love hearing from you. If you want to get in touch, you can email me hellotoughlove at gmail.com or you can say hello on Instagram at toughloveteam. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Love you. Ciao, ciao. Hey, it's Linda. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Tough Love. I wanted to let you know that my book, Love Language, is out now. It's a true story about the ways that we show love. It's a memoir that centers around my family, music, food, and falling in and out of love a few times. I also write about people pleasing, guilt, and perfectionism, and, yeah, there's a lot of very juicy scenes in there. So if you like this podcast, then I hope that you'll read the book. It's out now at all good bookstores across Australia. It can be shipped online overseas to wherever you are. And if you'd prefer to have the book read aloud to you by me, then you can also get the audiobook. All the links are in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening.